K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. All right. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Hey, good morning, Aaron. How you doing? Good. Lakes off today, so. Yeah, I see. You're flying solo. I am. We had a very busy uh, corporate cup on uh, Saturday, KPMG. Oh, yes. Yeah, KPMG won, so. Okay. Congrats, Congrats. to them. Yeah, what's going Wonderful. on? What's been going on this whole uh, whole weekend? Any news? I'm yes, sure. lots <laughs> of news, actually. So we had a murder over the weekend. Oh, Okay. Um, yeah, Friday night, a, a really? gentleman was killed in the district of West Bay, oh, down wow. in the uh, Birch Tree He Birch Birch Tree Hill. <laughs> Say that <laughs> five times. Birch Tree Hill um, area of West Bay, Aww. and so the police were pretty busy working into night, into the night, and into um, you know Saturday morning, obviously working the crime scene. That's yeah, terrible. So it's a very unfortunate situation. Fifty-one-year-old mm-hmm. yeah. Ian Duffel is his name, mm. and um, yeah, so that's obviously been the talk of the town for the weekend. Okay. We also had a seventy-year-old woman from the United States who was pronounced dead after becoming unresponsive while diving on Friday morning at the West Bay Public Beach, like uh, scu- like scuba dive. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Really? So, um, you know, unfortunate situation. She probably got in a little bit of trouble um, yeah. in the water. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty sad indeed. Um, Celebrate came out as calling for names of unsung seafaring heroes, they say, as they work in the seafarers registry. So okay. if you have anyone in your family who is a seafarer, by all means, um, contact them, celebratekeyman.ky. Cool. They're trying to put a complete registry together. Oh, nice. The HSA is going to be participating in an airport's authority emergency exercise that will take place uh, today. So if you see any activity, don't call us to say the airport is burning <laughs> down. It's a scheduled exercise. Okay. Yeah. Emergency. We've we always get those before. calls. Yeah. It's like, what's going on at the airport? Why is there? I know. We always get them like, oh my gosh, there's ambulance at the airport. Yeah. Something's going on. Yeah, like, nah. So this is a scheduled exercise. Um, I'm glad when they tell us in advance though, because then it makes my job a little bit easier. I can be like, okay, calm down. Yeah. It's not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Because I bet your phone just rings off the hook when that happens. Yeah. In the past, it's been like, what's going on? And then to hear afterwards that, oh no, don't. Don't worry, it's an emergency exercise. The HSA has notified us in advance. All right. And they said that it could mean increased foot and vehicle traffic at the hospital as well. Although the majority of the exercise is actually going to take place at the airport. Oh, okay. Well, it's good to do it also when school's out. So maybe yes. traffic around either. Absolutely. So. Um, if you work in the food industry, and that includes, you know, Pirates Fest has begun. Um, you should contact the Department of Environmental Health. They're doing food hygiene training to accommodate the holiday demands. Of course, Christmas is right around the corner. A lot of people will be doing Thanksgiving traditions um, and other things. So please uh, do contact them so that you can get your food handling certificate. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, everyone needs that and people don't know that all the time. Yes, and it's, it's a free course. So, I mean, it's, you know, well worth um, your time going out there and, um, and getting it done. Get it, get it under your belt. Mm-hmm. 
last week on Friday, Minister Turner um, was actually saying that she has the certificate herself. She's done the course uh, because at her office, a lot of times they will have, um, you know, train like food available for people. Mm. So she does occasionally handle food uh, from her uh, constituency office. So she wanted to make sure that she also had the food handling certificate, which I think is a great idea. I think that's great. That's leading by example. Good. Absolutely. And um, in final news, the trial, the long-awaited trial of Miss Cayman mm. begins today. Her criminal trial will be held in summary court this morning. She's facing three common assault charges, or is it four? Oh, th- I think it's three common assault, and the other one wow. is for assaulting a police officer. No. Gosh, it's six charges. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Woo. Anyway, I'm keep up here. Um, it's uh, several damage to property. I think okay. there's two of those. And then the other four, one is like assaulting a police officer. And then one is, um, the other ones are common assault. Oh my gosh. It's a lot to keep up with. <laughs> right. So all that go, well, are you going to be at the court? Are you? Oh yes, we will be there and we will be, um, live streaming from the event. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we'll get all the updates. So we will, we, yeah, we'll definitely be updating everyone in terms of what's going on. All right, cool. Well, awesome. Awesome. We'll see you tomorrow. Blake will be back. Sounds and uh, so hopefully you have a wonderful day. Sounds busy. <laughs> Thank you very much. You too. And we'll see you tomorrow. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, folks. Good morning. Que pasa? Como estas? Let's get this train on the road. We are ready this morning. Hello, beautiful people. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey chow. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. All right. Good morning, K-Man. <laughs> Buenos dias. Wake up. Let's get it. Uh, we have a lot to cover today. OMG. And I am ready for court. Yes, honey. Chill. What's up? Oh, my God. I am just so ready this morning. All right. Well, here's the thing. Um, I actually... <laughs> Ooh. What can I say except I... I'm ready. It's going to be an interesting day. It's actually a really busy day as Mondays go. Now, we're supposed to have um, our launch of uh, Cayman Voices today, but the videographer is still rendering the video as we speak. So in the event that that isn't ready, we're probably going to have a little bit of a short show because I got to get to court in time. I don't know what courtroom they're going to be holding this um, in, I'm hoping they've like thought about this and it's actually going to be this being in case you're just tuning in the trial for Miss Cayman. Hopefully it will be one of the larger courtrooms, but normally those are reserved for grand court matters. So uh, space is normally really, really limited, which means that I got to get there early, honey. Chill. 
Yeah. So um, having said that, I'm going to do my best to get there on, you know, in decent time. And uh, yes, maybe a little stop at the coffee shop beforehand. Make sure I'm nice and refreshed and ready to go. So how was your weekend? Uh, fingers crossed, though, because I think you guys are going to absolutely love the um, Cayman Voices segment. If we don't do it today, then we'll probably do it on Wednesday's show. But yes, I'm hoping that it'll be ready today because, oh my gosh, it's such a lovely interview. We're kicking it off this month. Um, real big shout out to our corporate sponsors who are making this possible, uh, the DART organization. You guys are going to love these interviews. I mean, if you love it even half as much as I love doing them, I think we're just in for like a really special treat. So good morning. Everybody's doing okay. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. My goodness. Uh, Caymanians killing Caymanians. I guess that's not entirely new. But this one is kind of interesting because I understand that they're actually cousins. Oh, my Lord. What is wrong with our people? Good morning, Miss Vernita. How are you? Genevieve is here. Good morning. So good to see you. Miss Romelia joining us in Windsor Park. Wishing everyone a blessed and victorious day in the Lord today. Thank you so much. Marshall has got it locked. Joining us from North Carolina, probably. Uh, KK says, Miss Sandra, you're looking good this morning, child. Date or court? You see Tiffany Case? Yes. <laughs> Ooh, honey child. Yes, I'm ready. Um, no, you know what happened is I actually had my hair done for the weekend. I'm going to tell you guys where I went this weekend. And so I kind of left it up in the updo. And so I still had curls, curls to go for. So I just, I literally just pulled it out and I'll let the curls fall where they may. Um, I'm not actually dressing up for Tiffany, honey child. I don't need to look that good for her. She might fall in love with me and then want to beat me up afterwards. And we can't be having that now, can we? Good morning to Celine. Yes, we are COVID free. Although, you know, still a little bit on the congested side, which is just uh, regular sinuses. I'm still taking my DM sinus decongestant. And um, Sabrina says the robot sound, the robot, the radio sounds robotic. All right, let me get on top of Chucky. Um, radio sounds robotic. Okay, let me get on top of him. That's something on their end. I don't know exactly um, what causes it, but it's something on their end. Normally they have to restart something. So somebody says, remember to get your avocado smashed before court. Ooh, I'm hoping that I can make it in time. You know, I kind of forgot that this week was actually, um, whatchamacallit, that this week was actually midterm break because I could have actually gone to town and just been in town and did the entire show from town a little bit earlier because I was up from like five o'clock this morning. I had to get up extra early. Um, Gianna's having a little bit of a procedure today. So we had to get her up and out the door with dad. So yeah, uh, I was already up. So Sabrina, I'll get Chuck on that to sort that out. Um, KK says, I wish you could have recorded inside the courtroom. Ooh, the day that becomes available, Keyman, y'all will get no work done. You'll all be at your respective workplaces just tuned in and listening to the radio and TV stations. But yes, Court TV. Mm, mm, mm. I can't wait for the day that it's available in the Cayman Islands because trust me, I will make sure we got the live stream link. Um, but yes, it's uh, something that's done in other places in the world. Cayman is a little bit different. Good morning to Dre. How are you? <clears throat> Bob, 
says everybody's cousins in West Bay. Well, you know what is so funny, Bob? When the person told me that this morning, I said the exact same thing. I was like, uh, but who in West Bay are family? <laughs> like, honestly, it's more like all of Cayman. Seriously. We are all one big family, Bob. Everybody's related when you check it down the line. Trust me, my 23 and me, um, you know, thing has proven that. My test results have proven that more than anything else. I'm just like, what? I got family. I'm I'm related to the Ebanks. Who knew? So this is why I always used to tell my dad, even when I was a little girl, I'm like, mm, I don't think I should ever marry Caymanian, have kids with a Caymanian, because next thing you know, oh yeah, that's your cousin, you know, and it's like, oops. We need to thin out the gene pool just a little bit. Trust me, Bob. I'm I'm with you. Good morning to Miss Beulah. Good morning to Miss Barbara. Wishing everyone had a wonderful weekend. Um, <clears throat> yeah, cousins, but cousins. All right, so let's let's break it down a little bit here, folks, in terms of what we're talking about. Of course, it's Monday, so you guys know what Monday means. Monday means what? What's our theme song for Monday? For Monday Rewind. The Cold Hard Truths Monday Rewind Show recaps the weekend's news and events so you don't miss a beat. Don't miss out. All the weekend's source, news, gossip, and well, it wouldn't be a weekend recap show without traffic accidents, too. Cayman Marl Road is Cayman's number one news source and has the island's hottest morning talk show. It's the hottest. Make sure you don't miss a beat with Monday Rewind. <laughs> Tune in every Monday from 7.30 a.m. on both YouTube and Facebook. Chell. It's Monday Rewind, honey chill. So here we are. Happy Monday. Um, I hate having to report bad news anytime, but you know, weekends, oh Lord. Mm-mm-mm. So what do we know about the situation? Um, shortly after, I feel like it was after, it was even 11 o'clock yet, but I went to bed early this weekend. I'm still tired. Like I still have post COVID tiredness. Uh, Y'all know about this whole long haul COVID. It might be a little bit of that. I don't know. But it was like around uh, 11.56, I got this message that says, hey, I'm hearing they just cut Ian Duffel's throat down in Birch Tree Hill. Are you hearing anything? And I just happened to have been up a few minutes after that. And I said, oh, Lord, I was actually sleeping, but I woke up and then saw this message. I don't know who poor Ian is. Really sad situation. But this young man, um, 51 years old, has lost his life in uh, a spate of violence, which is so incredibly unfortunate. Um, just sad. What can I say? It appears to be, I mean, they have the person in custody from what all of our sources have said. Police actually haven't updated anything as yet. But um, it's the, you know, I don't know what's going on Birch Tree Hill. Y'all got to tell me, what 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 is it with that area? Because even before this happened, the, there was heavy police presence in the area. The helicopter's up, actually up before six o'clock in the evening in the Birch Tree Hill area. And I had <clears throat> people messaging me saying, hey, Sandy, do you know why the police helicopter's up? The National Bird is what I'm now calling it. And I was like, oh, honey, child, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, Raspi. Um, Maybe the police were just 
ah, keeping an eye on things, you know, trying to prevent something like this from popping off. And the same night that they have presents all over the place, it's like uh, this incident happens. So the word on the street is um, Ian, you know, had some sort of an addiction problem, crack, cocaine, cocaine. I mean, who knows what people are addicted to these days. Um, normally it's the cocaine and um, that he was fighting with, you know, we had eyewitnesses calling us afterwards, giving us a lowdown. He was having some kind of dispute or argument with this guy and the guy just cut his throat and then stabbed him in the side as well. My God, what a horrible way to go. I mean, anyway, I suppose prematurely is horrible to go, but geez, I'm peace. Our people are just, um, uh, uh, uh. I don't even know what to say. Violent. Uh, we have to admit that we've got that in us. And so it is most unfortunate, really, that this gentleman, 51 years old, he should have probably been getting ready to have, you know, not exactly retirement age yet, but kind of slowing down in life a little bit. And look at this. Now his family is going to have to bury him. Jeez, um, peace. Strong Will, good morning. Says you look very nice today. You hot over the COVID? <laughs> Just in time for court. Oh, oh, I got over it. Yes, God is good. Yes, honey, chill. He sure is. Mm-mm. Most blessed indeed. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Lord was like, Sandy, you got to be there to bring the court trial to the people now. Uh, Celine, um, yes, I am really not complaining. Like I said, just remnants of like sinus stuff. But you know what? We don't got to worry about that, honey child. I saw Miss Lorita yesterday and she said to me, um, she was saying, oh, you know, it was a little bit rainy yesterday. She had some shoulder pain, arthritis. You know how it is when you get of a particular age. And she was actually really busy yesterday, but nobody was cooking in Cayman yesterday. We all went to Miss Alrita's, got her little chicken and turtle. And she had, she had um, turtle, conch, baked chicken, barbecue chicken, Cayman style beef. And what else? There was something else on the menu. But anyway, honey, child, I got my turtle, which I haven't eaten yet. I'm going to have some, uh, maybe later on this evening, I'll have some turtle. Uh-huh. But everybody was there. I ran into so many people grabbing their Sunday lunch. You know, that's a thing to go to Miss Alrita's. If you're a Georgetowner, you know what I'm talking about, honey chill. And so she was saying to me, you know, she's got a little bit of arthritis pain when it rains. She can feel that a little bit. And uh, she was talking about some young person in her family who was like, oh, you know, like they find it so hard to get up and work. And she's like, listen to me. I've been working from I was nine years old. And, you know, yes, there are days that you don't feel 100% or you don't feel good or you always got aches and pains. But she said, unless you want to be out there doing something illegal, which none of us should be wanting, you get up and you go to work and you, you know, you do what you got to do. And, um, you know, we have a philosophy that hard work never really killing the body, really. So get to it. So I had a little chuckle when she was saying that to me yesterday. And then I was being reminded that she's on my list of people that I need to interview for my Cayman Voices segment. So good morning to Scott. Happy Monday. KK says the white lady serious. Yes. I mean, drug addictions. You know, we we're talking a little bit about this on Friday. Um, oh, my God. The best thing is never to get hooked on anything. Because, listen, it has got to be. I can only imagine how difficult it is for even the individuals who are addicts. You know, we think that they have all this willpower 
where they can just jump up and quit cold turkey and you can do it, you know, and it, and it cannot be um, that easy folks. I'm sure their struggles, you know, when I was watching this poor guy in court the other day, crying in front of the magistrate as he was sending him to jail again. And the magistrate is saying, son, get your life together, man. You have so much potential. And, you know, every time this, this cocaine gets a hold of you, you know, it's just ruining your life. And his poor mama sitting there in the gallery, um, always there for him, waving at the judge. You know, the magistrates um, get to know, especially the ones that deal specifically with drug court, they get to know a lot of these people and their stories, and they remember them from one hearing to the next. And, and you know, she was there just to support her son. Here, this man is a big 40-something-year-old man, got adult children of his own, and he's going to jail again, and there's his poor little mama. Yep raising her hand when the judge says, anybody here for him today? And she's like, oh, and the judge, oh, yes, I remember you, Miss So-and-so. You're always here for your son. My goodness. What a waste of a good life, you know, what could have been a good life. Um, and, you know, when he's not on cocaine, he seems to have the potential. Young people stay away from drugs. But, you know, I was very disappointed on Friday. I don't know how many of y'all caught that. When I asked the National Drug Council who was here, if you didn't hear that interview, please go back and watch it. And they were here saying, and I, I pointed out how it's been, what, 14 years since they have had a 2008 National Anti-Drug Strategic Meeting. And I said, tell me this is a mistake because, you know, on the website, I see this and um, I'm just like, what, 14 years? Have you forgotten to update the website? Because that happens a lot. And they said, no, there's not been a National Anti-Drug Strategic Plan and Meeting in 14 years. And then we have a 2013 policy. This is a comprehensive approach to drug control for the Cayman Islands, 2013 to 2022. How many years is that, folks? That's another nine years that um, this policy expired. So it was done in 2009. So I guess it was done before that, but this was a 2009 to 2013 policy and it expired nine years ago. So, you know, when, when y'all sit back and, and say, oh, Sandy advocates for a new government, it's stuff like this why I have to advocate for a new government. I mean, really? In 14 years, in nine years, you've not had a new anti-drug policy. Nothing has, like, what? You know, you've not even had an anti-strategic meeting, like drug, what? And y'all think these people have been doing such a great service to the people of this country? Our poor young people, my God, honestly. It, it's no wonder they're struggling, to be quite frank and honest. And I'm going to talk about uh, the situation at Truth for Youth School this morning as well, because I'm very disappointed that a lot of you parents are advocating violence against your own children. Something is wrong with us, people. Y'all need to wake up now. Smell, smell the Milo. Smell something. Because we are completely missing the boat. Miss Andrea, good morning. Uh, Miss Andrea says, I knew him despite him being an addict. He always greeted me with respect. So sorry that he couldn't have gotten help full time. Came out and gets a rehab facility. Well, don't we have a rehab facility? There is one in East End called Caribbean Haven. <laughs> what more do y'all want? We have a rehab facility. But, you know, there's more than one thing that's happening here, folks. Number one, a lot of the um, family members are complacent or enablers when it comes to drug addiction, as well as many other things that our people are suffering with. 
So we have Caribbean Haven Residential Center. This is a residential treatment program and people can actually stay there. Now, I understand that sometimes people just check themselves out. I'm like, huh? How does that work exactly? I don't know, but it is a residential treatment center. I don't think that lack of resources is necessarily everything here. I think a lot of it is what is happening at the community level. We've just accepted. How many of y'all don't know somebody who is, you know, alcoholic, um, a crackhead, a drughead, whatever. And we walk around thinking that that's cool or it's okay. Um, some of us will take photos with these people and make them Insta famous, Instagram famous. There was someone who used to do that with, um, what's the one guy? I haven't seen him in a little bit. He had cleaned up for a minute and then, of course, fell right back in. Um, what's the one guy? He was always he always walks around uh, drunk. You, you'd see him a lot, like on West Bay Road and um, hanging out at the gas stations, begging for food or money or whatever. I can't even remember what his name is, honey chill, but he was, he's been drunk as long as I've moved back to Cayman, which that was in the 1996. And, um, you know, he got cleaned up a couple of years ago. Kirky. Thank you, KK. Yeah, poor Kirky. When he was cleaned up, he looked like a totally different person. I was just like, oh, my God. Imagine what his life could have been like. Wow. But y'all will, t- oh, Kirky, come take a picture of me making T-shirts off of Kirky and all kind of foolishness. I felt like that was really um, sending the wrong message. Thank you, Miss Bonnie. She says the rehab centers and breakers, not East End. Well, Eastern District. Yes. Thank you so much, Miss Bonnie. So, you know, we, we got to do we got to do better. I feel like we enable a lot of these people. And um, it is it is very, very sad. Even people mental health. I still cannot get over the fact that we have allowed that poor gentleman, what's his name again, to come back from Jamaica where he was getting good care, was being taken care of. And now he is dumpster diving through the trash can to get lunch and food and whatever because some aunt or some family member decided to bring him back to Cayman so that she can take advantage of NAU. NAU should not give her a single dime towards his care. She should be in jail is where she should be because that's just how egregious this type of behavior is. The man was finally getting the help that he needed, looked the best that he has ever looked. And now people sending me pictures of him like, oh, look at poor, um, can't remember his name either, child. Forgive me with names. Look at poor so-and-so um, here going through the garbage to try and get food. I'm like, why didn't his family bring him back? Now we don't have a full-time medical um, health facility yet. It's not completed. So let him stay there getting this wonderful care that he was getting until, you know, we have that facility. And more importantly, there's good infrastructure in place to give him the support that he needs. Because having these facilities is one thing. But again, if you have family members who are enablers, who are unable to assist in the recovery um, or support of these individuals, sometimes the best thing to do is to send them overseas for the care that they need. Boy, I tell you. Uh, Miss Andrea says, oh, yes, I read that one. Thank you, Miss Andrea. Um, you're making my mouth water mentioning the menu, says Marshall. <laughs> it was the alcohol that caused this, says Thomas. Good morning, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what people's drug of choice is, um, but they're all uh, really, really bad. 
whether it's alcohol, fentanyl, cocaine, prescription pills, you know, these things can and do ruin your lives. And that's the bottom right line, really. Good morning to Miss Alice. Um, now you guys saw the drug bust last week, the bale of drugs, certain packages, several packages are picked up off of Cayman Brack. Well, thank God that's, I guess, one less package of drugs that will be on the streets of the Cayman Islands and in particular Cayman Brack. Why can't we clean up Cayman Brack? Because everybody in the Brack seems to know who the dealers are. Everybody knows who the users are, but more importantly, the dealers are walking around with, um, complete, uh, you know, immunity. They, they do whatever they want. And it's just like, how, how is how is this possible? Every brack, I can tell you the two brothers and who they are and what they're doing and how they're using roadworks workers to distribute the drugs on Cayman Brack. I mean, imagine government actually is um, a, a drug pusher. Maybe unbeknownst to them, but my God, if everybody in the brack knows it, if I know it, why is this a surprise to anyone? Y'all need to clean up the place. But Cayman Brack is a whole other mess because, you know, when you talk about enablers and really, really low expectations, poor Brackers have gotten little to nothing from their MPs for the last 25 years. And they seem to be okay with that. They seem to be happy with that. They pave one or two little roads right before election. They build a facility out, um, what part of the Brack that is, that that big facility that nobody even knows what it's for. I went there a couple of years ago and people were like, Sandy, this thing stays here, air conditioned, 24 seven. You go in, the, the temperature's down to 20. Oh, come see what the CUC bill is. Well, not CUC, but Brack, light and power is for this facility. It's never used for anything. We don't even know what the purpose of this hall. It's a, it's a multi-purpose hall, but it's never been used. We don't even know what it is. But it looks pretty. I'm like, oh, geez. Um, we're just all about optics sometimes, you know? And what what meaningful programs and initiatives, you know, have been launched in the BRAC? The BRAC needs the residential facility because they got a lot of crackheads right there in Cayman BRAC. In fact, my understanding is people prefer to go to Cayman BRAC to get their drugs because it's less oversight. The police got like one little police officer who don't seem to know what's going on himself. Uh, no clue. And, you know, just running circles around everything. And so the criminals have the run of the place. The drug um, dealers walk around freely, right? People overdosing and they're taking them from their house and dropping them on the side of the street in Cayman Brack. Um, so the authorities, 911 can go pick them up and then it's their problem. And they have to air ambulance them to Grand Cayman for treatment. Yep, that's exactly what that just happened a couple of weeks ago in the brack. These are the realities that we're dealing with. And I'm just like, where are your MPs? I don't hear a single one of them. One, one he's he asleep at the wheel. And the next one, she goes to church 24-7. But what? What else? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm, mm, mm. I don't know, boy. Y'all need to start expecting and demanding better. I just feel um, really, really sorry for the people of Cayman Brack. Cayman Brack should be like a paradise. Oh, my God. So few people. You know, you shouldn't have any crime there. Um, what are you going to do in the Brack except relax, work a little bit, you know, support your family? Why is it that drug is running rampant in the streets of Cayman Brack? 
and you've got crackheads who, in order to support their habit, and trust me, you know what is so crazy? Drug dealers in the back are videotaping their um, clients. There was one with poor Quincy. I mean, I think I can say this freely because everybody knows Quincy is an addict. This is nothing that we're hiding. He himself has admitted it. Um, taking video of Quincy and circulating it around with him shooting up, literally. And then there's another one of him stumbling in the road just the other day all over himself. Such wasted talent once again. Quincy is a young man that has a lot of raw talent. But you can have all the talent in the world and it will be destroyed by drugs, right? Doesn't matter. You could be the smartest person in the world, have the biggest brain in the world. It don't matter when you allow drugs to take control of your life. So sad. But like I said, the, the, the drug um, dealers, they don't care. They're out there living their best lives, my dear. Doing what they got to do, servicing their clients and making money off of uh, people who are suffering from serious addiction. Thomas says the big problem now in Cayman and the U.S. is the opiates. Well, I don't know that the opiates has gotten a hold of here quite as much, but it's coming. <laughs> it's only a matter of time, right? And, um, of course, one of the things that we have also seen as it comes to drug addiction uh, in this country is they're starting to mix certain things. So remember the guy who died? I think he was American or something the other day in the Brack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Y'all go look that up. Drugs. And they're mixing, they're mixing things together now, which can be a very deadly combination. So, you know, you start to mix heroin and cocaine or cocaine and fentanyl, whatever. Your body not going to be surviving that. So we'll soon have some more dead people. Ask, ask Juliana. Like I said, she's living in church, but she can't talk about how her own niece overdosed just the other day. <laughs> Y'all want little secrets out of the brack. I mean, everybody there knows it, so it's not really a secret. And a school teacher at that. Hmm. No, did y'all hear me? Her own niece, but I, I've never heard this woman talk about the scourge of drugs on the Cuban Brack community and how it's destroying the Brack. Right? Why y'all praising the Lord? The Lord would be very ashamed because you do understand you have to be able to help your people. Ms. Bonnie said, Kirk, he used to be a cop. Listen, like I said, without drugs, these people have a lot of potential. They're smart individuals. They could, could, could be contributing in so many ways to this community, and they're not. Anyway, my condolences um, go out to the family of Mr. Ian. I don't know him, but, you know, a loss of a life, folks, is a loss of a life. Here he is. Um, really, really unfortunate situation. Now, the person that they have in custody, I've been told, is like his third or fourth cousin or something. They're distant cousins. I'm sure that that probably hardly matters because, quite frankly, people in this country are killing each other all the time, and they don't seem to appreciate or understand that not only are you killing a Caymanian, but in this instance, you're killing your own family members, for God's sake. But like I said, it doesn't seem to matter to them. Good morning, caller. Happy Monday. Good morning, ma'am. How um, are you? I am well, Professor. And I heard that 
there you kind of got clearance from your little situation. So, mm -hmm. and you're still on it. And oh, yes, honey, Yes, ma'am. So, you're up on your box this morning. Mm. The striking word you're saying is so true. Mm. How are you pelting us um, um, small bread, breadfruit and splattering all over the place? It's so true. Mm -hmm. But what happened to us now? I want you to go a little further this morning for me. What happened for us to us now when we get that word? We, we decriminalize the yeah, unjust situation going on. Mm -hmm. How is that going along the lines that you've beaten up your gums off? And now I punish you with it. And, 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 and I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. Not, but, but I'm old enough. I don't have the money to afford it, but I'm old enough. But mm -hmm. I made up my mind long time ago. I wasn't going to do that. Mm -hmm. And I indeed yeah, so I'm old. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm saying we don't need the ganja. We don't need another death. We don't need all that. And if you're killing them now and the ganja is illegal, imagine when the gateway drug becomes legal. Decriminalize. If you decriminalize something that is a criminal offense, and you mm -hmm. decriminalize it, decriminalize it. I don't care how you jump. And I'm talking to the people that bought it. Mm -hmm. Hear how you jump at it, and and you know it is still a situation where, and it it is open and the gateway drug is open to any and everybody. My my family members tell me. I don't know what you're going to do when the people can pass here. It'll be that big old trumpet in the name of six o'clock in the morning going to work. I guess mm -hmm. I'm making fun of it. I mm -hmm. don't know what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. It's a mixture of drugs. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, quite a few people in the, in the community affected long time ago is affected from that same combination thing and look like they slowed it down. But what the information I get from you this morning is that they're speeding it up again. Hmm. Uh. Well, mothers and fathers, you know, I, I don't know how people love their children. I really don't know. Mm. Because mm -hmm. that, I don't care what the professionals tell me, that right there, and I'm not saying that the professionals told me any different, but that right there is you're looking, you're looking for problems in the small community. You're really looking for problems. So I don't know what the mothers and fathers and the people who make the laws and the people who take care of these kinds of things, mm -hmm. the people we are talking about, I don't know what they're going to do. But if they're really mixing drugs, that that people can now be talking about it freely because it's a fact. Mm. And they need to be doing something. Ex as you would say in Georgetown, I'm a youth of Georgetown, working at, accepting, mm. accepting, um, what is decriminalizing herb mm. and a better find something else to do mm. anyway thank you yes my dear morning. i appreciate it um yeah i mean that that is a an interesting and valid um comment is you know we even have some mps who are of the opinion that we should be de decriminalizing marijuana and i mean the, i guess the question is um what what is the long term end goal what's what's the point of decriminalizing it is it then to eventually get to the point where you're going to be legalizing it? You know, these are the questions that the um, Caymanian public need to be asking. And, you know, I, I hear your, your 
arguments. I know Jonathan's probably here ready to jump on the marijuana bandwagon. Um, but listen, I am personally not a proponent of any substance. Let me be very, very clear here. Any substance, and I don't care if it's alcohol. I don't care if it is um, marijuana, if it's smoking a cigarette, even food addictions are very, very serious. And I think that what we should be doing is we should be giving people the help that they need for these types of addictions instead of trying to encourage it by saying, oh, well, y'all are fat and obese, but it's okay. You know, keep eating. Um, Somebody, I got to tell you a joke. This was kind of, I made me chuckle a little bit. Someone said, um, apparently the progressives is having some sort of health day or something that's coming up. And then they're doing it as like a fundraiser event. So they have all of these, um, what do you call it now? They have all these these videos, uh, videos, my apologies. I'm actually downloading a video. My brain just crossed over there. So um, they, they have this menu of food. And so somebody pointed out to me what seems a little bit obvious. They're like, hold on a second. Why is the progressives having a health day, right? Where they're encouraging you to come out and get all your vitals checked. And then they're actually selling food at the health day event that would give you a coronary heart attack. And I just had to laugh. I said, well, <laughs> I said, that's Caymanians for you. We are so duplicitous. It's not even funny. Um, I'm like, yes. I mean, you know, if you want to get the people to come out, you got to be willing to feed them. So here's what's on the menu. It's a Cayman seafood fest food sale and free health fair. But look at what's on the menu. All the stuff that we love to eat, shrimp, Crab, turtle, conch, escovitch, fish, um, rice and beans, green banana, fried plantain, baked mac and cheese, cornbread, and seafood soup. You know, all this stuff that's going to put the pounds right back on those hips, honey, chill, and that belly. Um, and then they're, they're supposed to be doing health screenings, BMI measurements, and nutritional counseling. <laughs> so someone said to me, um, did they not get the memo that maybe they should be serving some salads or something? I'm like, listen, I can't even with y'all. I I. I'm not going to take you. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. But these are the things that legitimately make me make me laugh. Um, so Zambula is saying, so who's his cousin? Oh, let me try and see who killed him now. Hold on. Oh, Lord. Y'all know I can't even. I'm, I, am, I am legitimately the worst person with names and connections and this sort of thing. But hold on. We, we got a name, allegedly, of who might have done it. I said, my God, to kill somebody. Okay, so this is what my sources said Saturday morning. Um, Alvin Brown is who cut his throat. Uh, Cokehead, both of them. This is what people messaged me and said. Alvin has a twin brother. They're both crazy ass people. His twin brother's name is Calvin. So Alvin and Calvin. Hmm, so unique. Um, so anyway, that's allegedly who did it and who is probably in police custody. So I think somebody might have sent me a picture of him too. But honey, chow, what a mess. I'm just like, wow. So sad. But here's a video that someone took from the um, scene of the incident at Saturday morning. Hopefully your radio listeners can hear it. <sighs> okay. okay. So, so there we go. There we go. From the, from the incident last incident night in Bush Tree Hill. Oh, oh. This is actually my residence. My residence. 
So I have a question here. Um, you know, obviously you see the, the numbers down on the ground there from the police scene. Wasn't this a restricted area? Hey, hey, no hey, no no <laughs> obviously not. Where where were the police? That they way, got six, that seven, eight, house. nine. I guess Stay that's every yard, place that yard. they found blood splatter, child. But the police never had this quartered off or what? This seems to still be an active police scene. What a mess. Anyway, there's a police officer walking right there. There's the um, the the van, the crimes of scene van. What a mess! So sad. Oh God, God! They tell you, that's why I tell you, that's why I tell you know. I behave myself, that way, that way, that way, that yeah, other people ask the same question. You're allowed to walk on a crime scene like that? Well, I okay, guess the police okay. don't have it taped off. I mean, what a mess. Yeah. I don't know. And ironically, this is a scene. I understand this is two houses down from um, where a young man was killed. Um, I forget what his name is now, but he was some Rasta guy or something was killed a number of years ago he was shot like two houses next door i mean what, what's going on in Bir down birch tree hill what is it about this area that makes this area so hot for violence i mean it's just a small little area you know what i'm saying um a community in west bay but what what's going on exactly i don't know Oh, Ruby said it, seen it at the beginning. They went under the tape. Well, geez, I'm peace. Shouldn't the police be there? Oh, so Alvin, they are sicko ever since. I don't, like I said, I don't know who Alvin is. Um, Somebody said, wasn't Alvin stabbed about a year ago in front of Papa Top? Mom, you seem to know more about Alvin than me, honey chill. But yeah, I mean, if you're living this kind of life, I guess there's violence all over the place. You know? Um, my apologies. I see a few people said they were insulted when I call people crackhead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be insulting, but let's be honest. When we're talking about them colloquially, that's exactly what we normally call them as crackheads. But let me be politically correct on the radio. Persons suffering from crack and cocaine addiction, amongst other things. Ms. Bonnie says allegedly cocaine is available in prison. Well, we saw prison officers smuggling in gadgets. I'm sure if they can smuggle in gadgets, they can probably smuggle in just about anything. Marshall says the BRAC is in poor condition because of the lack of representation from their MPs. And they seem to be okay with it, apparently. Because, <laughs> I mean, granted, there's not a whole lot of options on the BRAC for, you know, MPs. I mean, let, let's admit we were all kind of like, in a way, we were secretly rooting for Elvis, you know, for him to even give Juliana a little bit of a challenge. And there were times when Elvis would get up and he would speak sensibly. But you can't have an MP who uh, themselves have addiction problems. I mean, we may have some, but it can't be quite so obvious, right? He obviously um, has a little bit of issue with marijuana usage, even after he's been given a suspended sentence and told to stop smoking and whatever he continues to do so. 
He obviously has a problem with alcohol. He's in court right now for what are some very serious charges. I think his trial might be coming up relatively soon as well. So despite us wanting something different, you know, I have to admit that Elvis just wasn't it. He was entertaining to watch, believe me you. But could we really have put him as an MP in the Legislative Assembly and say to our young people, this is what you esteem to be in life. This is what you do with your life and we will reward you by making you an MP. Lord Jesus. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. I was reworking my board last night, working on a few of um, my sounds. Don't forget you can call in. Here's a little call in jingle in case you missed it. folks. Uh, you little brat reminds you that you can also, you know, the court can send you to Caribbean Haven, but you can also self-refer and um, check yourself in if you need the help. And I think this is where we need to be encouraging um, family members to do so. Miss Darlene says sometimes those people, those type of people, um, head got messed up by falling in love with the wrong woman, got used, and maybe they got <laughs> what? <laughs> she said maybe they got boom boom whipped or hooked, uh, and that's why they're on crack or cocaine. Say what? No, let's just be really honest here, Miss Darlene. A lot of these people, and Sarah Sue just mentioned it, are dealing with traumatic childhood events, um, including everything from abuse to, uh, and when I say abuse, I mean physical, psychological, mental, and even sexual abuse, things that they've never dealt with. They're, they're coming from dysfunctional families that have had a history of multi-generational trauma and issues. That's more likely to be what it is and being used by some woman, honey child. Most of us don't tend to, to turn to hardcore drugs because we've had our heart broken. Now, if you're Tiffany Conley, you might beat somebody up if you have your heart broken. But, you know, still, she's not turning to crack and, and cocaine, that sort of stuff. So Miss Ann says, good morning. Yes, it's no secret what is going on in the back. Sadly, it's sadly to say it's not going to be any better. The highlight is on the users. What about the dealers who are apparently untouchable? I'm a hurting mother not by any means an enabler. I appreciate that, Miss Ann, uh, Quincy's mom. Uh, and no, I mean, I, I have pointed out, I think very, very clear this morning that the dealers need to be dealt with because they are walking around, like I said, with a lot of impunity. Now, the thing about it, Miss Ann, is I have heard poor Quincy. I mean, I feel so, you know, I hope that he can, he can get the long-term help that he needs. But even in terms of Quincy, you've got to be willing to help yourself to some extent as well. So we can put blame all over the place, but people need to take responsibility. Okay. So I understand that he's monitoring social media and he's reporting on people who are calling out the drug dealers on the brack. He goes back to the drug dealers and tell them so that they can try and intimidate good citizens of this country so that he can get a free hit because he's reporting on people. And Quincy... The government has done its best to help Quincy. 
we have sent him to Jamaica, right? On multiple occasions now, you know, go to a facility there, get cleaned up because sometimes you have to admit it is very difficult when you're in a particular environment. Go to Jamaica, you're away from, you know, and what was Quincy doing there? He was busy live streaming, trying to have a show focus on all the real wrong things and not on his own recovery. And then he got kicked out of the program because they found him, which somehow he managed to go to Jamaica um, and find crack and had was using up in his room. And the facility was like, no, 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 no. And they kicked him out of the program. Only so much the government can do. Only so much your family can do. As addicts, you have got to want the help. Even when you hit rock bottom, you've got to want the help as well. All right, let's talk about this situation, um, folks, in our schools. Last week, Friday, we put up a a story. Um, By the way, Sarah Suze says pedophilia is rampant in Cayman Brack, but nobody wants to talk about it. Well, we keep talking about it because I keep hearing about it. There's two national pastimes. This is a bit of a, it's not funny, but it's a sad indictment in the Brack. There are two national pastimes on the Brack. Alcoholism and whatever other forms of drug addiction you may have, and molesting people, children. I have heard that about the Brack from time. Yeah? And a lot of people know who their child molesters are. Some of them big-time society people. And they have went from one generation to the next. And they are free to live their best lives, again, being up in church. Pastor so-and-so, and brother so-and-so, and deacon so-and-so, and grandfather so-and-so molesting his own grandchildren. These are the cold, hard facts, folks. You don't have to like it, but it's a reality. And once again, we have MPs who have never spoken about the high instance of child molestation in Cayman Brack. That has even at times impacted their own family members. We got to do better. We have to expect better. So speaking of doing better and expecting better, I'm sure that you all saw this story on Friday um, about, what's what's the name of this? Um, hmm, Truth for Youth, yes? Now, this was a story, I don't know why it took Renee a minute. I think she forgot to do the story because we had sent it to her before that. But anyway, it turned out to be perfect timing because on Friday, the school had a meeting with the parents to confirm that they're actually not prepared to do much of anything. Mm, mm, mm. What am I talking about? Well, children having their mouths duct taped by teachers. Now, I was really, really surprised at some of the social media commentary where you guys were like, oh, but these children so bad. And oh my God, they need to be tied up and whipped and blah, blah, blah. I was like, what on earth? Are y'all kidding me? Uh, okay. And we wonder why our children have such problems. First of all, it seems to me that um, I'm a bit perplexed as to why Anybody would think that children are just inherently born evil. 
oh, they're just so bad. When I saw your comments, oh, these children, they're not easy. Okay, if the children not easy, as y'all claim, who is to blame? These children don't just pop out and they're little devils on their own and little tyrants. Look at the parenting. So why y'all blaming the children as being bad seeds and they're the problem? What is going on with the parents? Hmm? Now, I have to tell y'all the truth. No teacher is going to be duct taping anything in my child, much less their mouths, and forcing them to stand in a corner with their hands up. This is like the equivalent of some of the torture that they do during wartime. Water, waterboarding people and all kind of stuff. That's like torturous behavior. Do you know how hard it is for a child to stand in a corner in certain positions, like like with their arms up for half an hour, 45 minutes or an hour or whatever? That Some of y'all try it. As big time adults, you couldn't even do that. And yet you're sitting here saying that these children deserve it because they are bad children. Y'all don't know what these teachers have to deal with. Now, listen, I am the first to admit that teachers don't have an easy task of it, especially when you have, again, the product of bad homes. And if you got 20 kids and even five of those kids are problematic, you got your hands full. But this is not the way to do it. Duct taping children's mouths, forcing them to stand up in the corner with their hands up in the air and all kind of foolishness. This is not an effective way of disciplining people's children. This is part of the reason why our children are dysfunctional. All they know is abuse. Really? Um, somebody said, let's share some of the punishment that made us who we are today. I'll start. I had to kneel and dry rice. Now my rice and beans is the bomb. There's nothing funny about this. There is zero to laugh about when I hear that a teacher has duct taped the child's mouth. Now, I saw a few of you um, got offended when I said that we're importing rejects, right? First of all, keep it very, very clear what I said. I'm speaking specifically to this type of behavior and this type of individual. I didn't say everybody that comes here is a reject by all means. But why would you allow? Right? To anybody to do and submit your child to this kind of punishment and think that this is not going to have some serious psychological impact. And you know, does it work? Y'all look at my, y'all look at the prisons. Caymanians have been beating their children from day one and still look at the prisons. Look at the court system. Look at the drug um, addictions. If you really think that, as some of you obviously believe, that the answer is okay. The answer to this, you know, thank you, Tanya Mitchell, for being sensible. 
She says, when, it is, when is it ever okay to duct tape, duct tape <clears throat> an eight-year-old child's mouth shut, traumatizing to all students in the class? Will the school be offering therapy to the students affected? She should have been dismissed immediately. This was physical and emotional abuse. But most of y'all talking foolishness about this is what these children deserve. An eight-year-old child deserves to be treated worse than a criminal who's sitting in Northward now who has been, you know, convicted of all sorts of things. They're not even duct taping their mouths. Something is wrong with you all as a community and as parents when you accept this kind of nonsense. Same thing with the woman who, um, what was her name again? The school principal talking about she's going to uh, eh, perform an exorcism on your children, forcing them to have conversations at five and six years old about sexuality. And the poor children is like, we don't even know what she's talking about. Do you like girls? Well, they're my friends. Yes, I like them. Oh, no, that's not what that means. Y'all a bunch of lesbians. I was like, what the hell? This reminds me. And when I, when I first moved to the States and I was in the fourth grade <clears throat> and one of the kids said to me, um, do you like crackers? And I was like, yes, honey child, I love crackers. I eat them with this and that. They were looking at me like, what? I didn't know crackers had an alternative meaning. I had no idea what that meant. So when you say to these little kids, do you like girls? Do you like boys? They're like, yes, those are my friends. I want to be able to hug my friend. What is wrong with that? And these sick adults are putting their sexual twists on things because they are obsessed with their own sexuality. Some of y'all just need to come out the closet and stop living up in church and pretending to be something you're not. Where's my kaboom button? Kaboom! Y'all take that. Maybe you would stop obsessing about what innocent children are doing when, you know, they put no meaning to it. Because you have your own issues. This is okay. Mm -mm. Hey, one person said, but people too soft nowadays. Really? Duct taping children's mouths? Thanks for Miss Debbie. She had a sensible comment this time. <laughs> she says, I wonder how uh, she would feel being duct taped, holding the arms up for 10 minutes, not bad, but don't agree with duct taping a primary child because children will be children, albeit there's some that are uh, going to be rudely and disrespectful. I'm sure uh, it is not too pleasant for these kids when the duct tape was removed. Surely she could have been, <clears throat> she should have been able to control children at that age level better. So here you have, again, adults who don't have the ability to discipline children in any creative way. And I, I put that very loosely in brackets. And so they resort to physical violence, duct taping a child's mouth. Can I tell you, as a parent, I would have a problem. And that school, truth for youth, you, 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 you'd be getting some truth. I don't know about the youth part, but you'd definitely be getting some truth, honey child. That would not happen. It wouldn't be my child. Mm -mm. No, no, and no. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a sensible parent until you cross the line, you do something like this. Then that's when you're going to see some kind of crazy mama drama coming out. You know what I'm saying? What? You, done take you did what? I would be like, oh, hold on, sister. You did, what, you did what to my child? 
The school wouldn't have to fire you. You'd be on that next plane to Jamaica. One-way trip. I would buy your damn ticket to hurry up and get you out of here. But the fact that the school is unable to terminate this person, I find to be particularly egregious. Now, y'all paying school tuition to send children to um, Triple C, yes? I mean, truth for youth, my apologies. Oh, God, let's not get the schools mixed up. Truth for youth. I don't know how much the tuition is, but you're paying too much already to get this kind of foolishness. A teacher who can't control 10-year-old children except to duct tape them, make them stand in the corner with their hands up in the air? Mm, No, 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 honey chill. Something not right with this story. The school did not even report the incident to the MASH unit, which means that they have zero protocols in place and how to deal with allegations of abuse, because that is what this is. It was the parents who had to report it to MASH unit, and now they're like, oh, well, we have to sit back and see what happens, what the MASH unit does. Oh, she's apologized. Apologized? (laughs) Jesus. No, Titi, you would have to be on the next flight out of here, like I said. No, sir. Grade four? Wow. You know, you see a lot of foolishness on Friday's show. We were talking about, um, not Friday, last week, Wednesday, about the importation of culture. This is one, this is a prime example of how y'all importing culture and don't even know, don't even realize what foolishness you're doing. Now, listen to me. My Jamaican brothers and sisters, I want y'all to listen to me very, very carefully because you know there's going to be one or two who will get all up in their feelings. The people who are willing to speak the truth and know the truth will understand exactly where I'm coming from. Um, Jamaica has set a stellar example on how to raise and discipline children. Have they set a stellar example for us to follow on what is good uh, protocols when it comes to disciplining children in schools? Are you kidding Look at the incidents that they have of violence in schools, violence against teachers, teachers violating children, sexually, physically, and otherwise. They're violating and and abusing each other. Teenager just stab another teenager to death. I'm just saying, right? As these things go, maybe we're not always bringing in la creme de creme, like the best of the best, no matter where they come from. But this particular example, This woman is from some school in Jamaica. I would like to see exactly where she came from. What school, what was the track record of disciplinary actions and so on at this school? You are teaching children violence when you subject them to violence. It's as simple as that. And until we start to wake up and recognizing that disciplining children just because you had your behind whooped and beaten is not an effective means of control. It's not control. It is a short-term band-aid on a problem. Because children that you beat and you duct tape, 
don't learn how to self-regulate. All they know is that, okay, an adult is going to come and force me to do this, but when they're not around, I'm going to do whatever the hell it is that I want to do. That's what you're actually teaching your children. You're not getting them to think at a different level. Like if I'm disruptive in my classroom, this means X, Y, Z. And yes, a 10-year-old whose brain is nowhere near the capacity of a 40-year-old teacher, however old this woman is, isn't going to always understand the nuances of why they need to behave. But you put certain things in place. There's so many things that you can do in a classroom environment. For example, I'm not a teacher, but even to me, in my rudimentary understanding, know that peer pressure is one of the most effective things you can do. Can we get a hallelujah on that one? Peer pressure. If if you have 90% of your kids behaving and you got that 10% of the 5% that's problematic, you know what you do? You make everybody suffer for the 5% and the 10%. And they're going to start putting pressure on each other. They're going to say, Sandra, you stop misbehaving because we can't go to recess because of you. We can't get treats. We can't do that. You know what I'm saying? They put pressure on each other to stay in line. Suji says violence begets violence. Well said. I don't know how many times I have to say it, but you guys have got to get out of this mentality. That you can subject children, babies even, to violence and you think they're going to grow up as peace-loving individuals. It doesn't happen because nobody is showing them peace. She's not a Jamaican. Where's she from? We were told she was a Jamaican teacher. Hold on now. Hold on now. Because um, I can only go off of what the parents have said. And they're the ones telling me that she's a Jamaican teacher. So if she's not, let me try and find out exactly where she's from. Where is she from? Good morning, Miss Lissette. How are you? Miss Bonnie says she it doesn't matter where she's from, but I mean, the point here, and I do want to know where she's from, because I want to make sure that I will stand to correct that information. We were told that she was um, from Jamaica. So where's she, where's she from? I just gave you an example of a Caymanian who was trying to perform an exorcism on your children. I will call anybody out, regardless of where they're from. We have our own people who are cracked in the head, who are crazy. But I also do not believe that we should be importing more of the craziness. <sighs> This person says, teacher, no less, talk up the things, Sandra. Even uh, 
uh, in school, I'll talk to them about something innocent and then they sexualize it. Children reflect the society that we live in. Give the children lines to write, minimum 100 lines. This parent says, big congratulations to the Clifton Hunter High School graduates. They all look sharp and well-dressed. Good morning. Um, Clifton Hunter had 165 out of 175 graduates. Congrats to all of the John Gray graduates as well. Between the ages of five to eight, my boys did not play with girls or consider them their friends. My son once told me that boys play with boys and girls play with girls. I saw nothing wrong with that and understood his thinking. Uh, then as teenage, they are teenagers now and all of a sudden they have an interest in females. Children should be allowed to be children and embrace their innocence. God help me if someone duct tape my eight or nine year old, I'd be going to court with Tiffany this week. <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. Um, don't forget she is said to have told the children don't make the Jamaican come out in me uh, what did that mean the same woman well I mean if she's not Jamaican I don't know why she'd be saying that but I don't know um, this is a direct threat she was gonna she was gonna see the FOI came out and come out in me oh the fool fool not FOI she put FOI and I'm I'm like FOI, FOI came out in, foo foo, foo foo came out in. She was uh, going to be taking a flight out of here on her own. Child, I would help her get on the plane. Um, mm, mm, mm. All right, so this is what the parent had to say morning. She's from Jamaica. So what y'all saying the woman I'm from Jamaica for? This is this is apparent. Well, she might be married to one, but she's from Jamaica, is what this parent is saying. All right, I can only tell y'all um, the source of the information is coming from the parents themselves at that school, and I would assume that they would know. Um, is this her first year at the school? Oh, what a hot mess. Anyway, honey, chill. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's crazy. So here's what someone says. Um, they sent this, this is very good. Friendly reminder, parents, if you let your child argue with you, they will argue with me. If you let your child speak to you in a disrespectful tone, they will take that tone with me. If you allow your child to break rules without consequences, they will not do what I say either. You see, you are your child's first and most important teacher. We're only built on the foundation that you've laid at home. And this is something that teachers have posted. So incredibly true. And this is my point again. I, I find it so interesting how y'all want to blame the children as though the children are raising themselves. Well, apparently some of them are because y'all are such horrible parents. So let's just be um, very, very honest here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this person said this morning in relation to the West Bay incident, they said, it's Alvin, Calvin, Alex, and a sister. They live at number so-and-so. I think the number house is on Caribbean Lean. I don't know where Caribbean Lean is. They get drunk or high and they fight. 
One year, one of them knocked out the next one teeth with a hammer. Wow. And yet we wonder what's wrong with our children. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Wow and wow. Knocking out each other teeth with hammers. But yet we expect our children to go to school and behave when they're growing up in these types of environments. Are y'all are y'all really for real? Huh? Sister Cara, she's the main teacher and she's from Jamaica. Well, Sister Cara, who's Sister Cara? Y'all gonna bring me her passport later on? Selvin, good morning, says, what are the disciplines left for corrections? Because we've taken away all the discipline that we met. I do not agree with the duct taping, but equally asking a soldier to fight our wars without the tools is what our teachers are asked to do. So while it is fair to criticize this particular incident, we should also explore ways to enhance the whole school experience for teachers and students. Well, you enhance it, Selvin, starting in the homes. As parents, start stop weaponizing your children so that they're tyrants to begin with. And a lot of that is because they're growing up in violent situations. If I tell you that I have a six-year-old who does not know what it is for anyone to raise their hand at her, and if you if you grab her too rough, she's like, you're hurting me. So when she is in a situation that she has to deal with and she's feeling stressed, guess what? She's not going to be hitting nobody and punching nobody because she's not growing up like a friggin' animal. You drag up your children like animals. What do you expect? Fighting and cussing and carrying on all the time. Andrea says, I don't care if violence beget violence. I teach my kids not to mess with people. And if a child bullies my child and nobody does anything about it, I'm telling them to defend themselves. That's a very different situation, <laughs> right? I think all children should have to go to a karate class and, and know how to defend themselves because bullies have always existed and they will always exist. And so the golden rule is this, you put your hands on me, I'm going to put both of mine on you. Simple as that. But that is a different situation. The children themselves going around being bullies and instigating and fighting and hitting teachers and everybody else around them. Sarah Sue says parents and teachers need to work together and understand that we're not the only influence in their lives. Majority of the influence comes from their friends and classmates. They spend 90% of their time around other students from different households. Not all kids behave in school as they do at home. Oh, I agree with you, Sarah Sue. And that's why, as parents, we need to be careful also who we are exposing our children to. Some of y'all let your children go to play dates and you don't even know who these fools are. Hmm? I must let my child come in your house and I haven't even been in your house. Oh, honey child, not so fast. I'll be sitting right in the corner looking on. Keeping an eye out, seeing what's going on, what conversations are being had. Because yes, Sarah Sue and other parents, they're little sponges and they will pick up influences from all over. But ultimately, as parents, we are the ones who are supposed to control it. That would tell y'all, no such thing as a sleepover. 
don't even have that in your vocabulary. We don't believe in those. Don't throw your children to the wolves. Control the environment. Uh-huh. You ever notice when your children at five and six and seven start to do little stuff in school, the first thing they want to do is blame their peers. Oh, but mommy, so-and-so dared me to do it. That's an excuse I heard recently. And I said, I don't care. I'm not so-and-so's parent. She is entitled to do as she wishes and she will deal with the consequences in life now or later. You are my child. And I don't want you blaming any body for your behavior because ultimately you're the one who's responsible people can influence you all you want but at at a young age if you're not getting consistent messaging that sometimes in life you have to go against the green and that might not make you the popular kid in school you might not be well liked you might lose one or two best friends along the way that's okay These are the messages that our young children from day one need to be hearing and understanding. When you walk up to me blaming somebody else, that will not reduce your punishment. You are still going to be held accountable for what you did, right? What somebody else's, what they did is not my concern. Aliano says he's not a problem. He has no criminal record, no stabbing incident, theft, and so on. So thank you to my mama and daddy. Shannon, good morning. Shannon says, when I was about 10 years old, my Savannah school principal, um, a short, miserable man, took me into his office to slap me on my hands with his belt. I was accused by other students of telling them they could pick the guineps off the tree. Uh, So he had to punish me. Imagine I was alone with an older man in an office with no one else around. Mm-mm-mm. Well, Sandra, when Winston Rich, my dad found out that his baby girl got slapped with a belt, he marched up to Savannah Primary School and told that short man principal, don't you ever, and he got cut off. I mean, listen, yes, there are certain things that are very um, egregious, but why were you the one, again, because you told them to do it, you're going to get punished when they were the ones doing it? Come on. You know, we have to admit that there has been something fundamentally wrong with even how we think about disciplining our children. And nobody ever wants to learn. Somebody sent me a a TED talk the other day and they said, oh, I don't know if you're one of these parents that believe in beating your children, but after you listen to this TED talk, you might have a change of heart. And I said, actually, I am the most open person when it comes to recognizing that I don't know everything and I'm willing to learn from the experts. I had a joke this morning. I was scrolling on on Facebook. Like I said, I got up extra early this morning. And I was scrolling on Facebook. And I'm going to post this up on CMR a little bit later on because it says, imagine being a regular ass person and thinking you know more than a scientist about what the scientist studies. (laughs) We're all experts. Morning talk, what you know. Jonathan says, if the teacher struck my child, I'd be enraged. But for putting tape in his mouth, I could live with that. Why would you be okay with that? As soon as I find out the reason why. And I would decide if it was justified. But to me, this sends a message to the other kids to not talk in class, 
called me old fashioned. So the only way that you can send a message to children not to talk in class is by taping their mouths. That's so interesting. <clears throat> Let's talk about private versus some of these private schools versus what you get in public school. I'm a bit surprised, although, you know, I, not all private schools are created equal either in terms of the caliber of, of what they can attract, right? I'm going to just put that out there and you interpret that any way that you want. <clears throat> but um, I saw the story that went up about the new private school that is being built, Island Primary. And some of y'all got all up in your, all up in arms about it. Oh, another private school for the elite. And this not gonna be available for Caymanians and blah, blah, blah. Somebody made the point that Island Montessori, which <clears throat> some of the owners, not all of them, of Island Montessori are the ones who are building this Island Primary School. Because there is a real need for additional um, schools, even at the rest of the primary going into high school level. I, trust me, if you've ever been on a waiting list for schools, you will understand as a parent what I'm talking about. But y'all were up in your feelings about, oh, I'm not going to be able to afford it. This is for white people. This is not for Caymanians, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, Lord, here we go again. On one comment, I had to write and say, well, I have a formula for being able to afford private school. Number one, I cut back on unnecessary things. So while you're out there spending, um, how much is a set of nails these days? I don't, I don't get them, so I don't know. $75, $80, right? Hair extensions that can run you into the hundreds of dollars for fake hair. Some of y'all got boob um, lifts, bonke injections, bonke pads, all kind of stuff you're spending money on. So I said, I will give up all of those things. Not that I do them anyway, but I'm saying, if I did, this is how you can afford to send your children to school if that is your choice. And you don't have to send your children to private school to necessarily get a good education either, okay? I will give up those things. I will give up smoking, drinking. Some of y'all go out every weekend to happy hour, spend three, $400. You add that and you multiply that and there's your school fee right there that y'all complain that you can't afford. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. And if push comes to shove, is CC around this morning? If push comes to shove, I am not above twerking on a pole. That's legal, isn't it? I think so. Don't they have some place on West Bay Road where women can twerk on a pole? Now that is a joke, but it's legal. And you do what you have to make sure that your children have every opportunity in life. You make the sacrifices for your children. That's how it's supposed to be. Oh, and here's the other thing. I only have the one child that I can afford. <laughs> I ain't got five children. Because no, I would never be able to afford five children in private school. You can barely afford to feed five children. So why y'all out there complaining in the streets about what you can't afford? Oh, here, here comes another, um, another pri private school I can't afford. You can't afford it because you've been making the wrong decisions in life. Shall we just be honest? You can't afford it. Because at 16, 17, and 18, instead of you trying to say, okay, wow, things are getting kind of rough in this life, you know what I'm saying? For me to, get, to bring home more than minimum wage, I need to have a skill set that is more than minimum wage. 
Y'all want to be making more than minimum wage, but have nothing to, to offer employers. Mm, mm, mm. It's so funny when we talk about increasing the minimum wage, I don't see anybody talking about increasing your ability to earn more than minimum wage. Your goal in life should never be to be in the minimum wage category. That should be the first thing. If you're only making minimum wage, something is wrong. You need to aim for a little bit higher than that. Uh-huh. Minimum wage is for high school leavers, junior school break, when you're bagging groceries, you're making minimum wage plus tips. Elevate yourselves. I don't want to hear no complaints about a private institution offering a service education, a business that is in demand and needed. Like I said, if you've been on a waiting list all three, four years and the school not even call you yet, you would understand the struggles as parents. If you don't want to send your children to private school, that's your business. You know why my daughter's in private school? Okay, this is, this is what it is. It has nothing to do with education. It has to do with the behavioral issues, right? And I can hold a private institution, maybe Truth For Youth is an exception, but I can hold a private institution a lot more accountable when I am paying you money to ensure that my child is in a safe environment that is conducive to them learning. In government schools, uh, caller, good morning, Denny. What accountability do you have in a government school? You can't even get a report after they've launched an investigation. We can never hear what has happened as a result of these so-called investigations. No one is ever held accountable. Well, the truth of the matter is, morning, the truth of the matter is, is that institutions are only held accountable if people hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of adults are just simply irresponsible. Mm. They don't care. They don't participate. They mm -hmm. don't say anything. They just, I, <laughs> that's terrible. But what I want to say Let is me ask you a question, Danny. If, if a teacher duct taped your child's mouth, would you be okay with that? Um, first time. First time? I, I No, no, no. First time the child misbehaves. Yes, I would have a problem with that. Second time. What I'm trying to say is that if the child becomes outrageously um behavior becomes outrageous in the classroom and nothing seems to work uh i wouldn't rule it out but it certainly wouldn't be the first measure in other words i would prefer to put duct tape on my child's mouth than send them to prison by ignoring their behavior by not doing what ought to be done at home Etc. Etc. But you do oh, understand no. that yeah. part of the problem, Denny, is that people start really, really late when it comes to trying to discipline children. <laughs> they don't. Agree. They don't have a clue. They don't have a formula. Yes. As I yes, was thinking I about this whole duct taping thing, right? My daughter went to uh, Montessori, Cayman, 
And they have, um, and she's actually done it to me before. Sometimes I'm talking a little bit too much and she wants me to stop talking. She does this little thing called silent fox where they put their hands like a little, shaped like a little fox. And all their teachers have to do, this is what conditioning is all about. All their teachers have to do is raise their hand with a symbol. And all mm -hmm. of the kids in the class know that this means silent fox and you stop talking. And the entire right. room, shh, everybody stops talking. Nobody not getting their mouths duct taped at those schools. So what is the difference? The you, difference is, the difference is, is, is exactly the difference. That's the difference is right. in the home. And we and, we and what I, and uh -huh. there's there's one thing that I want to say is that I mean I I I think that this island high school is um, done by the same people that. Um, it has Island Montessori. It's some of the same owners. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Well, my my uh, both my children went to um, that's uh, Island Montessori, mm -hmm. and I I was really happy with what the education they got, the discipline that was there. Um, so, but the the so I mean I would be happy if if it is the same. Um, group of people doing the high school but there's a, a greater point that i'd like to make here about this the, the planning regulations require i think you need to have i think it's a, a school for every 400 or 450 houses or something like that mm. i i don't think that's being um I don't think that's being that law is being followed, hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, it, so so the point I'm making is that I I believe that our politicians um, don't really take education as seriously as they ought to, and mm -hmm. wow. it comes it comes it comes by mm -hmm. pr providing the proper facilities in in not just in terms of um, safety, but in quantity for, for, for people, you, you shouldn't have, um, a situation where, um, there's not enough room or there's a, a waiting list and you can't get in this year and da, 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 all that uh -huh. kind of foolishness. I don't, I don't think that our education is far too important for those types of things to be happening. Uh -huh. But, but, um, you said something earlier um, about um, uh, Elvis in the Brat, about his um, behavior and his and charges and so forth, and saying that him being elected shouldn't be. I mean, if he were to get elected, that's not the message that you'd want to send to young people. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that that you that you don't want to reward um, unlawful behavior. And that is precisely why on Wednesday, I took the view that something needed to be done about the unlawful behavior or mm -hmm. decision of the speaker, deputy speaker mm -hmm. of the house. Mm -hmm. I, was, I must tell you that I was very disappointed. I didn't expect the premier to say what he said. And I was very disappointed with his answer because he's sending the wrong message to youngsters in this country when he when he said that that was wrong 
Um, but we're not, we're not, we, we have to understand that children are a product of their environment. And some of the stories that I have heard about some of the experiences that children have in homes, it is absolutely unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, they see everything triple X mm -hmm. included. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why people think that that, that somehow is going to end well. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know what else to say. I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. just speechless when I, I mean, you know, when, we, we, when I think we, about it. Danny, the bottom line is this, and I, I again go back to the homes, right? And I know this because of personal experience. I have been in a chaotic home with zero discipline, zero rules. It was a fend for all. You did what you had to do. And at the age of, I don't know, six or seven, I was already physically assaulted and have the scar on my leg from a pair of scissors that I will carry for the rest of my life. I'm not talking about something that I do not know. I know what I'm talking about from personal experience, right? The difference with me is I have seen both worlds. Most children don't get to go from that to one that is overly restrictive, disciplined to the max, you know, you are on, listen, Aunt Lottie did not joke. It was a totally, not even a 180. It was a 360. It was night and day. So I understand yeah. how the two can be juxtaposed. And I also understand the impact that those two environments can have on children and the outcome for your children. And, and the wider society. Exactly. Exactly. And they kill people and all sorts of things. And as parents, so, we want to blame everybody else for failing our children when we oftentimes are their number one failure. You can be your child's number one champion in life, and you should be more than anybody else, or yeah. you're going to be that person that sets the wrong example for them that hinder them every step of the way. So even when they have good teachers that are trying to influence them in a positive way, it's not going to happen because of the chaos that you're allowing in your households. And that is everything yeah. from, you know, like you said, what the children are permitted to watch, what they're exposed to, the family dynamics, um, immediate family, extended family, you know, your husband out there, prison officer, having all these outside children, that creates chaos for your son and daughters. And I mean, listen, the list is pretty long. And, 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 it, and, and it creates chaos for, for all of their classmates because these the misbehavior is going to disrupt the education of, of the other children. Absolutely. So it, it, it has extreme impact. And when a, and, when a teacher, and, think, and let me say this, when a teacher comes to you, we just had just last week as a matter of fact, our first parent teacher conference. And sometimes I share these personal stories with you all to let you know, I'm now a parent. I understand the struggles. When a teacher says to me, Gianna did this in school, uh, academically, no problems with her behavior wise. Okay, we need to address a few things. If she's doing this, which a lot of these things are normal for five and six-year-old to do. But what you do right. not do as a parent is ignore it. 
No problem ever gets fixed because you ignore it. You have to address it. You have to talk to children about their behavior. Why are you doing this? Exactly. And it's a lot of consistency over and over and over again. Do you know how many times I have had to say to that child? Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. From day one before she could even speak. So when she finally started school, they're like, oh, she's the most well-mannered child in her school. I wasn't surprised because I must have said it a billion times. And I have to continue saying it because there are times she will slip up and say yes. And I said, no, yes, ma'am. And it's every single time. This is the level of consistency that as parents, we have got to have with our children. This is a job. Having children is a a job. Yes. And she used to say to me all the time that children are tyrants that have to be civilized. Mm. And that's just a way of saying that you just, it's lots of hard work and it's something you have to do on a daily basis and it's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So it, it don't, don't look, don't look for someone else to raise your children. It is your responsibility. This person so has a question for yourself, you, Denny. What percentage yeah. of good parenting has been eroded through the influence of the internet and social media? How can anything influence your children if you don't allow it to? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, up, up to a certain age. Like, I mean, when, as they get older, then obviously you have less control. You have to admit that. Well, well, here's the thing, right? Um, what you want to do is you want to have conversation with your kids so that they can understand the difference between right and wrong, but how exactly. they exactly behave. Yes. And then, and, and because what your goal so- is... Sometimes the solution is isn't always to never allow your children to run up against a roadblock. Because that's not life. Well, temptation is going to be there. Here's how I look at it, right? Can can you take away all of that stuff as a parent? Yes, you can. But but that doesn't actually aid in helping you reach your goal as a parent. And, And your goal as a parent is to prepare that child to be autonomous and responsible in society. Mm-hmm. And, and so what you, what you want to do is educate the child sufficiently so that the child understand why it's in his or her best interest to do the right things and why it, the, this benefits society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because the truth of the matter is you can take the internet from them, but they'll just find another way. Exactly. And so you want, you want to teach them to, to not do certain things and understand why they shouldn't do certain mm-hmm. things so that they will want to do them themselves. Mm-hmm. Do, do the right thing themselves is, is really what you want to be focusing yeah. on. And, and eventually children will get to the point where, you know, they understand the reasons behind certain things that they're choosing to do and yes. not do. And that's important. Yes. Thank you, Danny. That's, that's, that's the whole goal. All right, my dear. All right. Um, very good. So let's just read a few comments here. Magdalene, good morning. She says, yes, they're at their flossing. Preach that they find uh, money for what they want. <laughs> yes, honey, chill. Um, You know, it, it's, it's obvious. And I, I see it all the time. I see people living way beyond their means and then complaining that they can't afford certain things. 
I'm just like, mm, well, when you can't afford something, you have two options. You either increase your income, and I'm all about that life. <laughs> you guys saw what I posted the other day. Anybody who is a business owner has to understand in this day and age, you have more than one stream of income. But that isn't that doesn't apply just to business owners. Even if you are working for somebody else, maybe it's time you start your side hustle, something you've always wanted to do for yourself to bring in extra streams of revenue. You should not have all of your eggs in a singular basket, folks. That doesn't make any sense. You do a little bit of this, a little bit of that to pay the bills. Once it's legal, I ain't got no problems with it. <laughs> Somebody said to me, my my joke about twerking. My, this person said, twerk it, cousin. <laughs> this other person who used to go to um, a certain establishment in West Bay Road said, no, that place doesn't exist in West Bay Road anymore. You attacked it so much, he decided to shut it down. <laughs> Me? Listen, I'm not going, I, all joking aside, I'm not going to a strip club. To me, that's a waste of money for the people who are spending the money. Obviously, the girls are making it. So, you know, uh, good on the one end for them if you if you can put $100 in their pocket after five minutes of, of dancing in a pole. But that's some poor fool, fool father now who could be using that money to support his children. I'm just saying. So a couple of times I have made comments about that establishment and this person saying that because of me, they shut down. No, they didn't shut down because of me. They shut down because it's a poor... It's a poor business model and came out to be quite frank. We don't have the population to sustain those types of things. And it, the novelty of having a strip club or pole dancing club or whatever you want to call it to make it legal in this jurisdiction wears off really, really quickly. Especially when that $100 could get you so much farther with the same woman outside of business hours. Let's just be very, very honest here. And everybody knows that. You can probably have a full-time girlfriend at that rate. She could be your, your side chick, number three. Yeah. Renville, good morning. Uh, Renville says beating doesn't work because when I was going to school, um, I used to get I used to get beat for going home late because boys will be boys. But guess what I used to do? The same way when the beating stop and the punishment start, I changed because knowing you can't, uh, knowing you you can't what you love hurts. I think I'm missing a little bit on that last part there, uh, Renville, but I get your point. And, you know, even when we, we think about how to deal with certain things with children, children are very adaptive. <laughs> They're smart little things, right? And they will learn quickly how to adjust for the time being so that they don't get an ass whooping, but it's not long-term changes. You're not, you're not teaching your child to like think on their own. Like, why don't, why I, why I don't want to engage in this kind of behavior. Why? Mark, good morning. He says, I have a question. What became of the parents who had the party and allowed their kids to get drunk? Were they held accountable? Just asking, no, held accountable by whom? They were held accountable by CMR, <laughs> Right. Uh, this would be Kathy Williams and her family, and they got all upset. And you know what they did? I think Mark might already know the story. They went ahead and had my husband fired from his job. <laughs> that's, that's the accountability that they're used to. Because there are certain circles that people run in that they believe, right? That you expose them for what they are. They're going to make you pay one way or the other. 
they weren't concerned about how my mortgage was going to get paid or if my child was going to be able to afford to go to school. But praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Didn't skip a single meal. He didn't work for an entire year and we didn't skip a single meal. Isn't, isn't, isn't God good? Yeah. And you know what? Put him in a better situation, working with a better company, in a supervisory position, making more money. Because, you know, my husband's a very loyal person, child. He would have still been the slaving for these people. Who at times could barely afford to pay staff. Talking about, oh, will you guys, will you guys be willing to take voluntary time off? Because right now the business isn't doing well. He's no longer in that situation. So despite it all, Kathy and what the husband named Neil Williams, thank you. You end up doing him a favor in the end. But that was the consequence, my dear Mark. Right? Because people think that because they have money, the rules don't apply to them. Well, that's going to segue nicely into the next story that I have for y'all this morning. Army Hammer. Hmm. Yes, there are people who are out there who believe because they have a certain name or they come from a certain family that the rules do not apply to them. Good morning, Gabby. But let me tell you something. One thing I believe in is the equalizer. <laughs> the rules apply to us all. That's why when I go hard at the Speaker of the House for his disgusting and corrigible behavior, take no offense to it. I go hard at Tiffany Conley, take no offense to it. To me, it doesn't matter who these people are. It's about accountability. So we reported last week that Army Hammer mm -hmm, was fined for working when apparently he has no legal right to work in the Cayman Islands. Wow. Y'all like, what? What did Sandy just say? So, um, well, here's the thing. Apparently his parents have status because they were given that by, I understand the Bush administration back in that 2003 status grant when everybody, the dog, the cat, and the hamster, the gerbil, all got status and came in, whether they earned it or not. Mm -hmm. And he, the son now, Army Hammer, does not have any rights to work here in the Cayman Islands. So a lot of y'all were misguided by this because you're like, oh, but he grew up here and this, that. Okay, that's all fine and dandy. But this is a country where even being born here doesn't give you any rights. So he does not have the right to work. He comes in on a visitor's visa. He can stay up to whatever time immigration permits him to stay. And then he's out and gone again. Well, it's interesting that there was this rumor floating around about him working. So the first rumor that he was working as a, um, what was the first rumor? Bar whatever. That wasn't true. He was actually selling time chairs for the Moritz. Oh, W-O-R-C got a hold of him working. And both him and his employer, I use that term very, very loosely, were fined administratively for him working. Now, y'all would not believe, right? 
all of a sudden, all these fake army hammer evidence accounts were set up. All these idiots, I don't know who they are. I guess his BFFs, his friends, whatever. Messaging me after the post went up into the weekend about what is my evidence and how do I know this and this and that. And I don't know what I'm talking about. And if, if it's true, then why isn't it up on your website? And I was like, listen, listen to me very clearly. This is not something I would speculate about. Because you know you'd get a lawsuit up your behind. I spoke what I know and I have no fear of contradiction. And they're so stupid. And yes, I'm going to call them that because that's what they are. Oh, well, it was in court. So how can you? I'm like, hello. The post said he was administratively fined. So a lot of immigration breaches never go to court. Because if you agree that you breach the immigration law and you just pay the fine, that's the end of it. That's why it's called an administrative fine. And you're able to do that. And immigration, I'm sure, saves a lot of time instead of taking people to court. So he and his employer just agreed to pay the administrative fine. That's why it was not in court. Now, you remember his ex-wife or strange wife or whatever she is, her matter went to court because they didn't agree to the administrative fine. I'm sure they offered it to them as well, but they wanted to fiend innocence. Oh, no, not us. And then when the court find you're behind guilty, you still end up paying a fine and potentially worse. Because now the court's like, well, you had the opportunity to settle this administratively and you wouldn't do it. So we're going to charge you a little bit extra for wasting the court's time. Yeah. So it doesn't make a difference how much money you have. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Right. I don't care if Army Hammer is a celebrity. If he comes to the Cayman Islands and he breaches our immigration laws and he works without the requisite work permit in place, that is against the law. So whoever you fool fool fake accounts are messaging me about Army Hammer and you have time to want to sit down and have a five-hour conversation. One was called Army, what is this? Army Hammer Evidence. They actually went as far as setting up an account. I was like... Y'all really have time for this? Ask me about who was my source. I was like, you must be stupider than I thought. Who is my source? Listen, honey child. CMR operates and lives and dies by our sources. We don't reveal no sources or nothing. I would go sit in Fairbanks first before I compromise a source, what are you talking about? I told y'all about the one time when a lawyer, I was in the stand with this, this case and um, where did you get that information? What's your source? I said, honey child, please. You would expect me to answer such a question? Uh, the response is none of your business. That's who my source is. Have you heard of that person? That none of your business person? No, sir. Then they're like, well, will the Cayman Islands government make a statement? Well, that's the Cayman Islands government. Ask them. Ask them for a statement. I ain't got nothing to do with that. In my opinion, every single person who's administratively fine, that should not be a top secret. That should be something that should be published, actually, if you ask me. Just like the companies, when they weren't paying their pension and insurance, that should be a matter of public knowledge. Publish it. Make it available. If the government wants to do it, that's their business. 
Here what a person said. Also, Hammer lived there as a child for five years. I'm fairly certain he has some degree of citizenship and or residency. <laughs> now, this is when people really, their level of ignorance is shocking. You live in a country for five years? Honey, child, I lived in the United States of America for over 10 years. I didn't have anything. Y'all are so ignorant because you live in these little protective bubbles of your own imagination. Being here as a child for five years don't mean Jack in the Cayman Islands. Who cares? There are people who are born here and live here their entire lives. And then at the age of 18, they discover they have no right to abode. They have no legal status and they got to go. And they don't have anywhere else to go to. So because Army Hammer, he was here for five years. I'm certain he has some degree of citizenship or a residency, really. You, <coughs> my apologies. <coughs> you don't even get that after five years of living in the U.S., Really? Are you serious? Then I go on. Anyway, he's not even based in the Cayman Islands and hasn't been since 2021. So the timeshare concierge story was weak at best. But if you can provide an actual source, by all means, you know, you know what I wanted to say to them? I didn't because, you know, you're trying to be a professional. I said, Call, call the Cayman Islands government and ask them. Call Moritz and ask them and call Army Harbor and ask him. See if he'll tell you the truth. Not my job to provide you with a source. But y'all know that I wanted to drop a couple words on these idiots. Come now, honey chill. Get with the program. Get with the program. I don't have to provide you with a source. And you don't have to believe the story. Keep scrolling. And they keep messaging, oh, well, maybe it's the ex-wife that told you this. I don't even know who the hell this, ex, this man ex-wife is. Why on earth would she be messaging me? This is not the kind of thing that I would take as some random online source telling me this, and I don't have a way to verify what I know. That's not how this works, honey child. Get with the program. Uh -uh. No. But they have time. Get Army Hammer some help. While you out here messaging me all this foolishness, what you should be doing is getting the man some help because clearly the man has some issues that require professional. Okay. All the foolishness that he's been that he's been accused of and into, that's where your focus should be. Don't be messaging me. One of them had the audacity. Here what she's saying. Um Something came up and I made reference to having a law degree. She's like, oh, if you have, if you had a law degree, you wouldn't be running a blog. I said, oh my God, y'all are so ignorant. Your level of ignorance is amazing. I said, not only do I have a law degree, but I actually have three degrees plus certifications. And I was like, really? Harvey, what's his name? Levin, Levin, Levine, whatever the heck his name is who owns TMZ happens to also be a lawyer. There are people who have degrees out the wazoo and they choose to do something not even related to that degree. I'm a business owner. And yes, I just happen to have a law degree and I have a bachelor's degree and I have a master's degree and I have my post-qualification, um, whatever the heck they call the one that you do here at the law school for the law degree. So what? I was like, really? 
have you heard it? Have you heard of Mr. Google? I said, I don't, you see, this is a thing. I don't have to lie about what my credentials are. Simply Google it. It's easy enough to find out. But you see, this is what people do. When they're trying to defend wrongdoing, even for this so-called actor army hammer, right? They want to be trying to come into my little world and be trying to attack me. This ain't got nothing to do with me. He's the one who's working illegally in the Cayman Islands, not me. He's the one who's working without the requisite work permit, not I. Okay. Get yourselves together. Brother Tommy, good morning. Renville says young parents nowadays feel like boxing out a child or telling them a lot of bad words is going to change them, but that only makes it worse because all that does is to let the child feel like that's the right way to deal with things. And we as parents are sending the wrong message. Amen. I couldn't agree with you more. And a lot of it does have to do with a degree of like, you're too young to know what else to do maybe. And that's why I'm an advocate. Listen, if y'all listen to me, none of you would have children in your twenties. Go out there and live your life. See the world, travel, expose yourself to different people, different cultures, right? Be a person that your child can actually learn something from that is positive instead of just violence and negativity. Shirley, good morning. Says Caymanians with actual family connections can't get their citizenship and or benefits in five years. You see, Shirley, listen, I had to block these fools, you know, because I was just wasting too much time back and forth with them. I'm like, the level of ignorance is truly shocking and surprising. But it's just because they're trying to defend foolishness. Damien says that privilege status is kicking it. Yes, it's always there for certain people, my love. That's why I don't pay him no mind. I'm like, you're not nobody to me more than anybody else out there. Like, seriously. <sighs> Jonathan says, but I mean, like, it was Army Hammer. If I was a timeshare company, I might have tried a thing with him, a little thing with him, because he might have been that silver tongued devil that would have been good for business. But I would have gotten the permit for him and suggest to go vegan. Yes, just do it the right way. Oh, honey child. Moya says, wait, 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 wait. Is me, Miss came out in court today? Yes. Which means that we are going to have the end the show early. I was hoping that came on voices would have been ready to go, but it's not. So what that means, honey child, um, is we are going to have to end the show a little bit early, do without... And um, what can I say except today is going to be a good day. I'm hoping for I'm hoping for justice to be served, right? Regardless of whatever the situation is, my ultimate hope is just for justice for the victims. And we're going to hear their stories firsthand. So I'm going to be leaving here now in order to be able to bring you guys the full details of what the victim said in court. Make sure y'all tune in tomorrow night. Don't miss it. We'll probably do a little bit of a live stream later on on social media, but tomorrow I'll recap everything that happens um, in court today. That's, that's it. The victims deserve, deserve justice. 
right? It is what it is. Hello, Miss Jill. How are you? Um, all right. So we're going to do that this morning. I was just trying to find the news link. I don't know what's going on. I keep somehow losing this, um, this link. I know Kevin sent it to me last week, Shao, but I just keep losing it. So I need to try and find it back. Anyway, next time I'll, um, hmm. I don't know where I put it actually. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll have it ready for next time, Kevin. And um, <clears throat> courtroom four. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, thank you, Kevin. He's he's listening to the program. He's such a sweetheart. Uh, here we go. All right. So I'm going to play the news for you guys. I'm going to get ready to um, head out. Uh, I will be, uh, like I said, this morning at court, bringing you guys all the latest. I want to be there, make sure I get good position so I can hear what's going on. Chuck, I'm going to play the news first. You guys stay tuned for the news. And then um, we will see you guys tomorrow. So be safe. Be good. Appreciate you all tuned in this morning and have an absolutely wonderful start to your week. Hello, I'm Kevin Watler, and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Police are investigating a West Bay stabbing incident that left 51-year-old Ian Duffel dead shortly before 11 Friday night. Sources indicate that he was stabbed multiple times in the side and had a critical wound to his neck at a residence off Birch Tree Hill Road and Captain Joe and Osbert Road. Several critical matters of national importance concerning crime, irregular migration, policing and border control were tabled at the most recent National Security Council meeting on Tuesday. Representatives from the Royal Cayman Islands Police Service, Cayman Islands Coast Guard, Customs and Border Control and the Port Authority presented to the Council. Council members include Governor Martin Roper, Premier Wayne Panton, Deputy Governor Franz Manderson, MP Sabrina Turner, MP Andre Ebanks, Attorney General Samuel Bulgin, Opposition Leader Roy McTaggart, Police Commissioner Derek Byrne, and Civil Society Representatives Ian Peradu and Christopher Phillips. Offreg has concluded its investigations into the fuel quality at Barcom Esso gas station. Independent tests found no evidence of contamination of both gasoline and diesel. Offreg launched an investigation after a social media post alleged a fuel quality issue at the Barcom Esso gas station. The process of getting financial assistance from the government is expected to improve significantly with the passing of the Financial Assistance Bill 2022. The new bill clearly outlines and defines, for the first time in the legislation, who is eligible for government's financial assistance, namely Caymanians, spouses of a Caymanian or guardians of a Caymanian dependent, all of them must be residents on island during the time of the application and at least 8 of the 12 months preceding the application. In a move to enhance the delivery of specialist healthcare services to patients, Health City Cayman Islands announced a new strategic partnership with ENT and Cayman Limited. ENT and Cayman is located in Pasadora Place in Georgetown and offers ear, nose and throat medical services. 
Enrollment is now open for Grand Cayman's newest primary school, Island Primary, which is scheduled to be opened in September 2023. Island Primary offers 350 new school spaces for children aged 4 to 11 in a spacious new campus located off Linford Pearson Highway in Georgetown. Island Primary will offer high-quality education guided by the British curriculum for students in reception through year 6. The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority will be carrying out a full-scale emergency exercise with the Cayman Islands Airports Authority on Monday. Though much of this exercise will take place at the Oren Roberts International Airport, it may lead to increased foot and vehicular traffic at the Cayman Islands Hospital while its emergency response is being tested. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 6.20. Lots of sunshine is expected, but isolated thunderstorms are also possible when the temperature is at 87 degrees Fahrenheit and the humidity at 71% like the forecast calls for, it will feel around 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Winds northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour and the sun sets at 6. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the upper 70s. Looking forward, a typical summer pattern of hot days, warm nights with scattered showers is expected. CMR weather updates are brought to you by WG Charters. They offer private boat trips for a great price and we encourage you to support them. Now for some regional and international news. Fake maps of the Guyana-Venezuela border posted on social media has caused an uproar among Guyanese nationals who condemned the actions of pro-Venezuelan pages that continue to spread false information. Foreign Secretary Robert Posad said he has written to the chief executive officers of Facebook and Twitter asking that false maps of Guyana posted be removed from the social media platforms. The United Nations is warning that hunger in one of Haiti's biggest slums is at catastrophic levels as gang violence and economic crisis push the country to a breaking point. Across Haiti, almost 5 million are struggling with malnutrition. The world's face space tourist wants to go back, only this time he signed up for a spin around the moon aboard Elon Musk's Starship. For 82-year-old Dennis Tito, it's a chance to relive the joy of his trip to the International Space Station now that he's retired with time on his hands. He isn't interested in hopping on a 10-minute flight to the edge of space or repeating what he did 21 years ago. That's it for now on The Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe. And God bless. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 